4: From the studio who brought you the number one podcast, The Pikedon Massacre, this is Death Island.
5: Just a few miles off the Thailand coast, the island
4: of Koh Tao looks like a postcard.
6: It's almost like if you were going to imagine a paradise island or draw a picture of one, that's what Koh Tao looks like.
4: Young tourists from all over the world visit the pristine beaches and crystal clear water.
6: But
5: underneath the surface lies something sinister.
6: A dark cloud has come over the island and cast its shadow. Death, mystery, and danger.
4: In the last 20 years, dozens of tourists have died mysteriously on the island. One thing is
5: certain, in this beautiful place, no coast is clear. This is Death Island, episode 12. This is a roundtable conversation between our team, Courtney Armstrong, Andrew Arnau, Stephanie Lidecker, Jeff Shane, and myself. Here's a little bit about how Death Island came up as something we all thought should be investigated. It actually all started when Courtney started digging into some articles on Kotal and brought the idea to Stephanie and the team at KT Studios
4: yeah it was years ago it was i believe 2018 when i first even heard the term death island and then i just started reading articles and i i literally could not believe everything that was happening and that i would had zero knowledge of it
7: and the crime scenes were so unique and grisly things that i had never heard before and then they're so scary and the idea of going as a tourist on holiday being carefree letting your guard down isn't that the goal that's the fantasy for everybody right we want to go to paradise and just let our worries be put aside and then the circumstances of these types of murders to be so big and especially here in the United States not so wildly covered there wasn't so so much information you know there really there was like a wall at every bend and frankly I think until now I think you guys have broken that wall down
6: We're really hoping and looking forward to hearing from more people about their experiences that we haven't been able to get in touch with or haven't found yet, because we know that there's more out there.
5: Yeah, and I think, you know, if you're British, you probably know about this island. You've known about it a long time because several of the most high-profile deaths are among, you know, Brits or Australians or Kiwis, something, you know, connected to sort of Commonwealth countries. But, you know, as Stephanie mentioned, there are deaths of nationals from all over the world, from Japan, from Russia, Moldovia, Belgium, uh, Argentina. Uh, there are Americans who have had these uh, run-ins. There's an American who's died there as well. And it's not really been covered in the U.S. I think the New York Times wrote an article. I think Time Magazine had an online article. But like if you scour the American news, it doesn't really get any coverage in this country. And so, you know, for I think for American listeners, it's definitely going to be a lot of brand new stuff. And I think for a lot of other countries who if you looked at how, uh, say, somebody like Elise's death was covered in Belgium, it was part her story. And then it was part backfill with British deaths. Right? Because there there was only so much you could do on her story from halfway around the world. And I think you know with a lot of these stories, we, we tried not to use the other deaths on the island as part of other people's stories. And I think if you look at a lot of what's been written, every print story there is always backfilled whatever the story was, the main point, with everyone else's deaths. And that's what we were trying not to do. We we're trying to sort of look at each death uh, individually and keep it contained to their deaths.
4: Yeah, and you guys really did do such an excellent job, you know, with the outreach, as mentioned, and, you know, getting people close to the victims, family members, best friends, who want to get the information out. And, you know, a lot of people's loved ones did become a footnote, a one of many, versus having the attention that a human being who lost their life should have.
7: Just to add to that, yes, being a tourist and the dream of that is so relatable, but. Imagine being a parent or a family member and a loved one goes on a trip and then the circumstances of their death is so gruesome. And then to get no information and have to just pick up your lives and move on. And frankly, you know, and this again is a testament to Connor and Andrew, I think many family members or friends of family were, you know, nervous to speak out. There's all kinds of reasons to be nervous and because of your empathy and just your diligence you know really have been able to kind of rally everyone and the hope is for more of it to your point
5: yeah definitely i mean i there are some of these families have been treated really horribly i mean the fact of the matter is that some of them have been really treated horribly by thai investigators by thai authorities you know you've had the former mayor of uh basically blaming many of the tourists for their own deaths based on the way they drink and party and the clothes they wear. Um, So you have people like that, uh, you know, who are just bad-mouthing the victims. You have Thai authorities not providing basic documentation to family members and the way that their bodies are stored or the way autopsies are, you know, done in Thailand. And... I, that causes a lot of problems. But then you also have a lot of media members around the world that have just dismissed these parents as crazy, as, um, you know, unwilling to accept that their child did something stupid. And again, like, I, I can accept that. But some some kids do st- stupid stuff. P- people die in Mexico. People die in Arizona. People die all over the world, right? But, like, when people fall off a cliff on New Year's Eve um, after they've been put to bed you know, that raises some questions. There's something unsettling about almost every one of these deaths. It just doesn't line up with a natural cause death. It doesn't mean that it was a natural cause, but there's something unsettling. And that's what we see time and time again. And, and all too often, I think family members are portrayed as crazy for raising these questions about the way their loved ones died. Uh, and that I think is the sort of really tragic thing about this overall story of Kotal is just how awful the victims, families and friends are treated often.
6: Right? It's a lot of institutional gaslighting. Yeah.
7: I was just going to say talk about crazy making. Could you imagine not getting answers? the language barrier on top of that, and just the, the inability to have any sort of flow of info. I, I honestly can't imagine in our hearts, you know, as you said, Andrew, it really does go out to all of the family and friends of the victims. And also, this is a bit of a cautionary tale. It's made us all rethink how we even just see the world. I, I get it. Just the idea of going on a holiday and, you know, New Year's Eve and having a cocktail, it sounds perfect and we expect or we hope that we're safe in this world. And the truth is, hopefully, this is another way of everyone looking out for each other, because you guys also are connecting the dots.
6: Speaking to that, you know, uh, there's so many things, like you said, that we take for granted, and one of them being uh, medical examiners, autopsies, and the standard that we're used to, and what we expect them to do. And so, um, this isn't something I would have ever thought about if I'm thinking about traveling. Am I going someplace where they're going to know what they're doing or do a detailed job? You know, I never would have thought about that before looking into this.
7: And these are really sizable crime scenes, right? So imagine just the know-how that's required and the protocols that are required in any scenario with crime scenes, some of them of which you know, are really massive. Let alone on an island when they don't necessarily have all the equipment and all of the modern technology, even with best intentions, who would think that having a medical examiner with all of the modern stuff to be able to really process a case in a crime scene sufficiently is something that you would check off your tourist guide list?
6: You know, in the case of Elise, they reopened the investigation into the crime scene three or four months later. It's a jungle, it's outside. What evidence is going to still be there three or four months later where it rains all the time and you're in a jungle? Like, that's insane.
7: Exactly. So well said. It's Imagine getting a proper crime scene three months later in a cement parking lot, let alone in the throes of a jungle. You're so right. And on top of that, with a time zone or a country between you, these are not easy necessarily places to get to. So even for family members from a distance, just asking for very basic information, not so easy to get when this all started, it sounded fishy. There seemed like there was something there. And maybe the spirit of the podcast initially was to disprove that. Can you please go out and prove that this is not Death Island? And that really ended up not being very much the case at all. In fact, it's only gotten scarier.
6: Yeah. I mean, I know when I was starting, I had a lot of hesitancy to even put my voice on it, wondering what's gonna happen. You know, it's a little scary. Or not a little, it's very scary. Totally. But, you know, I, I think that the the possibility to do some good and bring some light to the situation kind of outweighed anything that, you know, might make me a little skeptical.
2: When we started development on this, a lot of these cases had very little to no attention in the media. And as we've kind of now revisited them for the making of this podcast, they still have so little. You know, in all these years, there's been so few updates on so many of these open investigations or what should be open investigations. And so I wonder, to your point, if that's the reason why if people are maybe a little hesitant to, to go there.
5: Well, I, I want to read the one that I just got a couple hours ago. It says, hmm... Another person jumping on the conspiratorial bandwagon of a name made up by a very small group of social media. Why? question mark? Let me know if you want the truth. There's also a Twitter handle called Kotal Hoax, and then they were attacking, I guess, another somebody did something that they didn't like. so said, maybe you need to do more research next time you do a video on Kotal, and then they, they CC'd me on their, like...
2: What is the argument, though, that people are not being murdered or disappearing there, or that they are?
5: No, that it's not, they're not connected, that they, you know, that there isn't, the deaths there are as natural as the deaths in anywhere else in the world, that they don't happen at any more frequency in other places in Thailand or anywhere else, that, you know, essentially there is no connection. And it, to a certain extent, they're right. Like, I I don't think any of us are going to pretend that there is, like, one serial killer who's devising a way to kill all these people and cover it up. I, you know, I don't, I don't know if anyone has actually ever made that argument, but I certainly don't think we've made that argument. I know we haven't. But I do think that there is a very strong line of really negligent police investigation going through all of these deaths. And that's like the starting point. I think any rational person can agree with that. Now, where what caused the deaths that, and what was the investigation into those deaths? You know, that that's something different. But the fact that there was very little investigation uh, and continues to be, like, that's, I think, painfully obvious.
4: So Andrew had used the term institutional gaslighting and i think that's it's so up in so many of these cases and then even connor as you were saying about the investigations not just yes the police work but then also the forensics which came up and i was just re-listening to an episode where autopsies were completely different done on kotao and then done on
6: bangkok that was chrissy
5: no but ian's was as well right didn't didn't ian's family get a different one from the uk oh
6: yes yes they did that's right
4: yes yes he that's right so ian jacobs if you guys recall this was back several episodes he went there on a scuba diving adventure very early on he was he was maybe the earliest case we speak about it occurred in 2000 his death and he was found at the bottom of a well his friend went actually went to Thailand from the UK to find out and he found that this well, no one possibly couldn't have gotten themselves in it. You had to be doubled up. And on Koh Tao, what the autopsy said was that he fell into it, he was drunk and he drowned. And then what another autopsy said was that there was no drowning. Grossly varied reports depending upon who's looking into these deaths, which in and of itself is questionable.
7: Even just hearing you talking about it, Courtney, it's a reminder too of this, it's like the scariest of stories. You hear stories that seem impossible to imagine. No way. That doesn't happen. That wouldn't happen once, let alone twice, let alone dozens of times. And even just hearing Courtney talking about it is a reminder of how many times, whether it was Courtney and Jeff in an elevator, telling these stories again and again and again, so many times that it eventually evolved into what it is now, this podcast.
5: I'm curious, when you guys first looked at the article that Courtney was circulating at the very early days in 2018 like what were your immediate thoughts when you saw this the history of Kotal because you guys put together a deck and you know began pitching it as a as a tv show and I'm, I'm curious like what did you guys think as people who have worked in this industry you know immediately upon seeing this
4: I mean for me I just I thought it was flabbergasting and the article I read was very it was a top line and you know for lack of better term, just really gory details. Is it mafia? Is it cults? Is it, is it, is it? And then again, just that it was all happening in such a small place. And right at the time that we started talking about this or learning about it, Katao had been put on a watch list for travelers not to travel there. And I think we just all wanted to find out more. You guys can speak to it, but find out what is actually happening behind these tidbits of details.
2: Yeah, what spoke to me, and I think what still speaks to me, is just the juxtaposition between the location and the violence that has occurred there. This idea that somewhere so beautiful and appealing can also be so dangerous just was very intriguing and I think made us want to dig right in.
4: Let's stop here for a break. We'll be back in a moment.
0: Mattresses and select goods. That's leesa.com forward slash iHeart.
8: Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun, such a great entertainer. And that's why I'm so excited that JCPenney and country music singer songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited time men's collection for the everyday guy. The Walker Hayes for JCPenney collection is an upbeat playlist of instant classics with laid back appeal Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.
5: Do you guys remember when we were working in 2018 after you guys contacted me and, and, and we started sort of talking about this as a, as a TV show? The BBC America's point person. Hadn't he gone to Koh and didn't somebody die when he was there and he totally forgot about it?
4: It was a BBC executive.
7: Well, we worked with Alex Melendez, who's a colleague and an extraordinary developer and ex- an executive producer, and he had shepherded us into the BBC and the executive that we were speaking to had actually been there and had firsthand experience of, frankly, what you were talking about, Connor, scuba diving, and like had a firsthand account of just what the air was like and how beautiful it was. And the likelihood of that happening is a zero because so few people ever talked about Death Island. In fact, the only people that would would be Courtney and Jeff. It was like one of those cases that when we were in a car together or flying somewhere or on a shoot, it was, is that something,
4: is there something there? But also that executive, not only had he been there, but he had been there for a full moon party and someone who was not a close friend, but who he was acquainted with, died on Katow. The man that we're telling this story to, it was unbelievable.
5: And I remember he was, he sort of chalked it up when he was there and in his youth as like, well, that just, you know, sometimes that happens. Like, you know, we're all there, have a good time. Accidents happen. Uh, Anyone who visits a place like Kotal where that could happen, you're like, yeah, of course, of course somebody can die in Cancun or somebody can die in San Diego, right? Like, or Tijuana or, you know, Miami Beach. Like, of course that can happen. But it was only after we started talking about all of the other deaths that happened after the death when he was there that he was like, oh, maybe that wasn't just a random death. And I remember talking to other people who you know only sort of Began to hear the history of Kotao after they had been there and had seen and, and sort of felt strange things. And again, like we also have talked to people who had a wonderful time, no problems, you know, had a great experience there. I mean, I remember talking to these people who raised their families there um, and had a wonderful experience. But you talk to enough people, and everybody has a story about some dodgy interaction on this small island um, where people waving guns about or threatening people in the street or knowing somebody who saw somebody get killed because there's been a couple of murders in the street, right? And it doesn't take very long to find people who have had these crazy experiences there. Also,
2: to your point, Connor, I think there's a lot of victim shaming that can happen. People put themselves in a dangerous situation or they, you know, they go to a nightclub or they go on vacation. And I think there's no matter what you're doing, you don't deserve to be murdered or kidnapped or taken in any way.
5: Oh, 100 percent. And listen, even if you do put yourself in a bad situation, like, I don't know, jump off the rocks uh, because you're drunk and you, you know, jump off a cliff and you bash your head in or something like that you also deserve to be treated you know with with some kindness right like to have the police treat your death uh, in a serious manner and to have your family treated in a serious manner and to have information relayed in a you know in an official proper channel right uh, and i think that's one of the other things that's kind of interesting is I talked to several people, I think Andrew talked to several people who were really frustrated with their home governments, whether it be the UK government or the American or consulates, you know, from Belgium, who, who, who felt like their home government didn't do anything to put pressure on the Thai government to like get answers. And there's a whole lot of different reasons for that. And and some of them are good, some of them are bad, some of them are just, you know, meaningless. But That's another part of it, whereas like tourists go there and they get sort of crapped on by the local Thai authorities and then they find no help from their own embassies as well.
6: Wasn't it the mayor of Katao who said these girls don't want to get sexually assaulted here? They shouldn't dress like that. Yes.
7: In a bathing suit on a beach, by the way.
6: That was the point he made.
5: And he also later also had another comment basically saying that like they come here, they get drunk, they do drugs. Of course, some of them are going to die.
7: It's absurd when you actually really dig in and imagine, too, it also is a, a it kind of attracts because of the dancing in the moon and what I'm picturing, a low key rave happening and a yoga retreat and people that are going to find some wellness and internal
5: peace. But Stephanie, that's not really Kotal. And, that, and that's just kind of like they want to have it both ways, which is they want to blame the deaths on like the party culture. But the reality is, is like a lot of the people who've died on Kotal weren't there partying. I mean, Elise wasn't there partying and she was literally escaping. Right. Like she was fleeing a cult on another island.
7: To add to that, I wasn't even suggesting the party part as much as it is the yoga retreat of it all or looking for something to find higher guidance. You know, Elise, yes, wasn't there for a rave, but she was there to to find some inner peace.
5: She was passing through on Kotel. I mean, like she just was randomly on the island when she died. Um, She didn't actually have any real connection to Kotel. And... A lot of the people who died there, I mean, Tony Lotus was a businessman and wound up dead uh, on the island there. Um, now, he was living a, a pretty party life from by all accounts as well. But sometimes people mistake Kosamui and Koh Yang with Koh because they're in the same area. And while Koh does have the the moon parties, it's much more a place where people go after the moon parties and chill and do the vacation and scuba dive. And a lot of the people who died in, in Koh were like health fitness people.
1: Let's stop here for another break. Become a part of the fast growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health.
0: Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart.
8: Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Okay. I love Walker Hayes. He's amazing. He's so fun. Such a great entertainer.
5: One of the things that just really sticks with me about this entire conversation about Kotau is the way that families feel that they've been treated by Thai authorities on the island. That is the type of thing that when you put it next to some of the comments that the one-time Thai Prime Minister made about tourists not being safe because they're wearing bikinis and some of the things that other local officials have said about, you know, they get drunk and they do stupid things. These are the types of comments that are just sort of mind boggling that victims families, people who've lost loved ones on Kotal, that they would even have to deal with these types of comments.
4: Oh, yeah, this is really tragic and at least with us. Yeah, I was I was gonna mention that one of one instance of really just mistreatment of victims' families is in the case of Hannah Witheridge. and when her family was reaching out to get information from the Thai government, they were actually told by an official when her family said, "Oh, we we are grieving. We can't get over this." They were told to go ahead and have another one, as in go have another baby and replace this daughter and. That's just something that's always stuck with all of us.
7: This is the feedback you're getting about your daughter's death. That's not to cut you off, but it even just infuriating, even just hearing about it.
6: Well, I mean, that's the information you get. I mean, it's no wonder people are upset with their consulates or embassies, you know, for not doing more. I mean, that's that's straight up bullshit to hear something like that. Period. The end. My hope is
5: that one of these cases that somebody comes forward with some type of information that gives one of the families, you know, some peace of mind. Uh, And maybe it's that their child died of natural causes uh, or maybe, you know, they were with them and and they saw, um, they saw him do something or, or maybe it's, That the two Burmese boys who are in prison, uh, in jail for Hannah and David's deaths, you know, that there's some evidence that, you know, either proves that they did do it or some evidence that proves they didn't do it. Like, I think clarity would be on one of these cases, on several of these cases would be a welcome change because I think everything about this island and everything about the way authorities handle death there is really murky.
6: I mean, for me, my biggest hope would be that we shed enough light on this that it forces some change and some accountability so that we can help prevent another family from going through the same horrible experience you know that that all of these other families have been going through for the last you know 22 plus years people don't deserve to be treated like that when they lose somebody and obviously these people shouldn't be dying in the first place but if they're going to you know let's handle it with some care and respect and some dignity
4: i have similar hopes as what you said and that is for more people to know about it, first of all, just what has happened and, God forbid, continues to happen on Katao so at least people can be making informed choices when going there. Because so many of the people we spoke to said, I just had no idea that this was happening, and maybe someone might rethink a choice. Also, if there's any information and clarity that can come to any of these parents, that would be the largest win or that if someone comes out and, you know, they're brought from not knowing to having closure, as you said. That's why at the end of every episode we ask people if you have any information, shoot us an email and we we'll try and get it in the right hands.
2: My hope would be that we can disprove any mistruths or myths. You know, like Connor said, you know, it we don't necessarily think it's one serial killer and I think there's a lot of hard working, good people on the island and so just kind of set the record straight.
7: I would say it's just a general higher purpose for all of us here at KT is really just to, at the bare minimum, shed light on something and hopefully let that guide us from there. And and to do a full 360 on the story as opposed to have it have a point of view going in. I think you guys do such a great job of keeping any of your predispositions aside. You start looking into something and you don't know where it's going to lead.
4: If you have any information about any of the cases discussed this season, please contact us at producers at kt-studios.com. For more information and relevant photos, follow us on Instagram at kt-studios. Death Island is produced by Stephanie Lidecker, Connor Powell, Andrew Arnau, Jeff Shane, Chris Caccaro, Gabriel Castillo, and me, Courtney Armstrong. Editing and sound design by Jeff Twa. Music by Vanacore Music. Death Island is a production of iHeartRadio and KT Studios. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
1: Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health.
3: begins.